Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Jamie Uretsky back after a couple weeks in beautiful land of lakes, Wisconsin. And uh, we're now back here in Overland Park at our headquarters studio. And I got to tell you, there is news to report. And the news to report is there ain't no news. There is no news. So on the lighter side of baseball, we got no side of baseball still. We've got a pandemic that seems to be gathering strength, like a hurricane that made the trip around the coast and then back to another coast. Round tripper, we call that in hurricane world. Not that I'm in hurricane world, but I got to tell you what, I resisted uh, for as long as I could because I thought we were imminently, that's a big word, imminently approaching a settlement. But it is not the case. And again, what's worse, the pandemic or the ridiculous brain dead? Yeah, maybe that's not politically correct. Whatever is the problem, these guys cannot agree on much of anything other than we will not allow spitting in a major league game. And uh, how do you chew tobacco without spitting? I, I know, by the way, uh, showers are to be discouraged. And uh, if you can dress before coming to the ballpark, that's right. Get on the uh, Metra and uh, come in from Hinsdale. You can stop at the Union Station, grab an Uber if they are still around, go to the Red Line stop at Clark and Division, hop on and maybe... No, you can't sign an autograph because the Major League has said no autographs. Now, if the fan brings his own pen, what are you going to do? I mean, is, is somebody going to say, well, there, there are only three people on the CTA that you cannot sign an autograph? I don't think so. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so ridiculous that that's the feature of the lighter side of baseball. The lighter side of baseball is the buffoons that are negotiating where is Bud Selig? Buddy Boy did not get the recognition he deserved in Union and MLB peace. They had peace for a long time, and you can attribute that to Buddy Boy and his lawyer, Manfred. Buddy Manfred. Now Mr. Manfred is no longer the head attorney on the labor force team management, but he is the commissioner of baseball, and he's not doing a very good job. And, oh, by the way, did you happen to catch the draft? He guaranteed there would be baseball. Now, you know, having negotiated hundreds of uh, lawsuits, having tried hundreds of lawsuits, having dealt with lawyers who have taken an oath to zealously represent the interests of their client, no matter what he did or how much he's entitled to, these guys fumbled the ball on the negotiations back in March. There is no, and there ought to be, they ought to have new lawyers, number one. They ought to have a better management team on both sides. And so here's the problem. There was, you would think, with all the lawyers in the world, that there would be a provision in the March agreement that says, in the unlikely event that there are no fans allowed to go to Major League Baseball games, but 
it is determined that Major League Baseball can be played, then and only then will the players take a prorated share of their salary in exchange for the money we're going to advance them so that they can get by in life. If they didn't save any part of their four to $80 million a year contract last year, then we're going to pitch in and give them a little bit more. Now, come on. And if there was an example, for example, if we play 50 games and that's less than 162, we're going to prorate that and pay you 50 over 162. Now, I didn't really study a lot of math, but given the fact that everybody from first grade on can use a calculator, or at least a calculator on their computer, uh, you can pretty well, in about a minute and a half, take me a minute and a half, might take other people no, no time at all, what pay is Mike Trout going to get? 50 over 162 times... $50 million a year, whatever the guy's making, much more than the guy that just bought the Royals. So they didn't do that. Now, they say there was an understanding. There isn't an understanding. There isn't an exemplifier. There isn't anything except some vague reference to uh, if we play. And the players who, you know, Tony Clark is the head of the uh, MLBPA, but it's really Scott Friggin' Boris. Greedy Scott Boris, Scott Boris, who the owners let get the best of them. Scott Morris, who Scott Boris, uh, Scott <laughs> that's Scott Morris, not to be confused with Scott Boris. And forgive me, I'm I'm kind of wound up because a lot of my listeners, and and Billy Bo, you know who I'm talking about. A lot of my listeners, thousands, I believe, maybe more than a thousand, have been saying, "Hey man, how come you stop podcasting?" And I reply, because they stopped playing baseball. And this podcast is about the lighter side of baseball. Well, there hadn't been any side of baseball, so we haven't podcasted in a couple of weeks. Now, we did start our podcast uh, off this new year. We talked about spring training. I went down to Arizona. I saw some spring training, saw the Cubs, saw, the, saw a number of teams, be that as it may. Um, and through the pandemic's early stages in March, April, May, we did a podcast because we want to entertain everybody. We have such great listeners. You guys are loyal, loyal, true blue listeners. And, you know, I, as I said way back two years ago, part of the reason that I do this podcast is because I cannot stand the sabermetrics these sabermetricians have nothing to talk about because there ain't nothing that's going to be analytical about this except that the staff from the MLBPA and the MLB have no business doing what they're doing. This case should have been settled a long time ago, i.e. playing baseball in the event that they can do it safely, which I say they cannot do without a vaccine. So my position has always been... Call it like it is, folks. We're not going to be able to play the games because it's not safe and come back next year after we have a vaccine. And then we're off to the races. Now, a lot of people say, oh, come on. The statistics are really not accurate. I really don't know anybody that's had the COVID-19. 
And if you're not in a nursing home or prison, the odds are you ain't going to get it. Unless maybe you're in New York where the Yankees and the Mets play. Or maybe you're in Chicago where the Cubs and the White Sox play. Or, uh, you know, Texas is kind of looking bad where the Rangers play and the Astros play when they're not cheating and suspended. Did you see that? The Astros lost two draft picks. Whoopee. Out of... And Manfred got pissed and unilaterally decided that there was only going to be five rounds of the draft. Now, let me tell you, folks, this is shaping up to be a big mess. Not only this year, but in 2021 when the season ends and they get ready to start negotiations, which I predict are not going to go very well unless something dramatic happens. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a logjam. We're going to have a big, fat mess on our hands when it comes to baseball. And I hate to paint a bad picture, but if Manfred unilaterally invokes the spirit of the agreement that they really don't have in writing very definitively and says, we're going to play 48 games, which is about what they play from April 1st until my birthday in the middle of May, if, if he invokes that unilaterally, they are going to be in for a real big surprise because players ain't going to show up. Players are going to say, eh, I'm really not very happy about heading to the ballpark when I can get on first base. And the first baseman's not socially distancing. He's holding me on. If I take a six-foot lead, I could get picked off. So... I'm saying to you, Mr. Commissioner, I don't feel right about jeopardizing my life and my family's life to go play in a situation where you are in bad faith. Ah, let's file a grievance with the National Labor Relations Board. Okay, and then let's go to court. Okay, let's employ a few more lawyers. Sounds good to me. So that's, um, that's, that's where they're going right now. Okay. Who's at fault? Well, the, the owners have a bad management team, a bad legal team, and the uh, players are greedy. I mean, they're all greedy, but it's hard to feel sorry for a player when the major league average is $4.4 million a year now. Now, compare that with the median income of an African-American in the United States of America. Not to get political, and I'm not. I'm just reciting... These facts were taken from Fox News. Now, Fox News, certainly they're not going to exaggerate. $15,000 is the median income of an African-American family. And let's see, if you take $15,000 for Mike Trout, that's a third of an inning. Maybe a third of an inning. Come on, folks. Figure it out. Play ball. All you got to do is say, we have an asterisk by the 2020 season. And it's called COVID-19. And so what we're going to do is we're going to agree with you guys that we're going to only take 70% of our prorated salary because that's what you guys are willing to pay us. And we're going to go to the races and we're going to try to get into the playoffs because just like the old NBA where they played a season to eliminate Cleveland. Now those were, you know, I'm showing my age because Cleveland became pretty good. Uh, they're going to, they're going to have more than half the teams get in the playoffs. They're going to be two out of three games. If the Dodgers happen to face a couple of good pitchers, they're going home. So who does that favor? I don't know or care. 
Number one, I've always said, if they're going to have a season, I want to be there. If they're not going to have a season, then uh, if I can't be there, they shouldn't have a season, period. Now, some people might view that as being selfish. I don't know. But, boy, here we are. It is uh, rapidly coming up to the All-Star break. Yes, the 2020 All-Star break. Woo-hoo. Not going to happen, obviously. There won't be an All-Star team because there aren't. there's not even... There isn't even a lineup that's been given to the umpire uh, opening day. It's just now. Here's the deal. You know, people can say, oh, this is tragic. I want something to bet on. I want something to watch. It is tragic. But let's not forget about the pandemic. Let's not forget how we got here. Let's not forget that in over 16 states right now, uh, the COVID virus is on the rise. And you say, well, their statistics are poorly maintained. Well, okay. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they're 10% off. They're predicting 200 and just shy of 250,000 COVID deaths in the United States by the 4th of July. And uh, we're the only country going in that direction. Now, again, I'm not trying to get political. All I'm saying is... Baseball is not something that should be on everybody's mind. A vaccine should be on your mind and my mind. So anyway, what else do we have to podcast about? Has anybody watched Korean baseball or Taiwanese baseball or baseball from, I was going to say Italy. I don't think they're playing baseball in Italy. I don't know. Um, We do have draft information, and I think that... uh, That's kind of cool. The Chicago Cubs, with their pick in the first round, the 16th pick, took a kid from Mount Carmel High School, an African-American kid, and uh, Theo Epstein is given credit for trying to enlist all 30 of the general managers or presidents or whatever you call them these days of the major league teams to flash a sign that said Black Lives Matter, and I think that's important because... In what other sport has the plight of the African-American been so upfront than baseball, starting with all of the Negro League guys that did not get asked into or sign a contract with Major League Baseball? And man, oh man, I could go down a list of 50 great ballplayers headed up by Josh Gibson, uh, that never got a chance at playing in uh, Major League Baseball. And so that's number one. Number two, we celebrate the tremendous achievements by Jackie Robinson, number one, but Larry Doby, number two, in, quote, breaking the, quote, color, close quote, barrier in uh, Major League Baseball. And, uh, you know, they had... Um, you know, a fairly decent representation in Major League Baseball until about 1970 when their representation began to drop. Latin American players began to go up. And uh, only now, I think, is there a bit of a resurgence due to the reviving baseball in the inner city program and many other programs of which Mr. Jerry Reinsdorf and other, manage, uh, other owners have spent a lot of money to promote uh, baseball in the inner city. And there is no bigger applause than I could give to 
Mr. Reinsdorf or anybody else for that because that more than anything is important. So we've got the humanitarian uh, comparison of the pre-Jackie Robinson to where the sport is today. We've got the you know, Jackie Robinson's number has been retired in every stadium. We have Jackie Robinson Day when we have a baseball season. And uh, this is a 100-year anniversary of the uh, Negro League starting. And uh, they have really gotten the short end of the stick uh, because of the COVID-19 problems. But Bob Kendrick, the head of the Negro League Museum, has said that they're going to have... Uh, uh, comparable celebrations in 2021 to celebrate, and they should, and I plan to participate as best I can. So we have the uh, we have the wrong uh, emphasis today on these negotiations, and instead of emphasizing the health, and instead of emphasizing, hey, you know, when America is busy protesting, uh, some peaceful, some not so peaceful, when uh, there are threats to invade various states with the United States military. When all these things are going on, uh, it would be incumbent, according to me, for Major League Baseball to try to figure out how we can divide up the money and not take a big bath. Well, here we go. Forbes magazine recently indicated that similar to the NHL and similar to the NBA, although those teams have made great strides, although not all their contracts are guaranteed, uh, Major League Baseball has in fact a de facto, you know, another big term used by lawyers, de facto amount of money that the players get is 48.5% of the revenues. Yeah, 48.5%. Their average salaries are higher than really anybody else. Their life expectancy in terms of playing baseball is higher than any other professional sports league. And their contracts are guaranteed. So what does that mean? It means that if you sign a, if Mike Trout uh, breaks his, um, tears a muscle, does something, gets hit like Tony Canigliaro, reference to the 60s, I'll get back to the big kid Canig. Uh, they still pay a salary. Now, did they lay it off on some insurance company? You know, hopefully for the owner? Yeah. Now, let's talk about Tony Canigliaro. What a great prospect he was. And I say prospect because he played for a number of years in the major leagues. But the kid Canig could hit, he could field, he could throw. He was, in all respects, going to be the new splendid splinter. And for you people who... Don't get into my nicknames, not my nicknames, but the nicknames of some of these players. The Splendid Splinter is none other than Teddy Ballgame. That's right, Ted Williams. The Kid Kinnig was going to be better than Ted, and he would have been except for the fact that he got drilled in the eye with a fastball, and uh, that essentially not only ended his career, but ultimately led to his unfortunate and very, very premature death. So, yeah, it's a tough sport. Yeah, things are, um, you know, compensating some of those risks. But come on, no, nobody even throws inside anymore in baseball. So where are we? I don't know. We are 
coming up to June 15th and within, I'd say, a week or two, Manfred's going to impose a, a dictatorial position that the players start spring training and be prepared to start the season on fill-in-the-blank because they want to stop playing league games, whatever that means anymore, by September 27th so that they can get into this expanded f format for playoffs and hopefully beat any second wave of COVID-19 and get all the money from whew, Fox doing these broadcasts. So, I don't know. I am uh, confident there will be some form of baseball, I guess. Sort of confident. Minimally confident. But, you know, who's running the show? Right now, it's uh, not Scott Morris, but it's Scott Boris. And um, they're afraid of him. And the other agents are afraid of him. Nobody wants to compromise. And in this world of coronavirus, the negotiators aren't looking at each other. And they're not spitting on each other. They're not socially distancing from each other. They're not meeting outside at Yankee Stadium or in Cooperstown at Doubleday Field or at Wrigley Field with a big table so they can be outside and socially distance each other. No, we're sending emails back and forth. Unfrigging believable. This is an electronic negotiation like no negotiation has ever been. And to say that it's flawed would be like saying Hank Aaron was an okay home run hitter. This negotiation process is ridiculous and, you know, they're like every other negotiation. Ultimately, somebody's going to agree to something and at the last minute, they'll go play baseball. Now, they could be in spring training in, all in June and start July 4th. The only thing, if they're going to take the risk, which I submit they shouldn't take, but if you are going to take that risk, there was no reason not to start in uh, July, on the 4th of July, and play half of the season. But the owners, under what they claim was their agreement, that they would prorate the contract, now they don't even want to prorate the contract. What they want to do is play a minimal number of games so that if they do have to prorate the contract or some percentage thereof, they will not pay as much as the players who proposed is great 117 game let's play to christmas take a week off and then start the playoffs in january fox what do you think about that oh you got the super bowl and the nfl play oh well you know i guess that's not such a good idea let's stop playing uh in th at thanksgiving and then uh when the bears and the lions wrap up that exciting game on turkey day uh, we'll have the playoffs. And no, we don't want to do that because that's NFL time. And the way things are going, that might be the start of the NBA season and the end of the NHL season. And, oh, by the way, we've got NASCAR going around the track. We've got golf going on. And we've got MLS soccer. So where is MLB baseball? They are back in the dark ages because they don't have... Donald Fear negotiating with Bud Selig. That's it. 
plain and simple. Tony Clark's doing the Marvin Miller shuffle, trying to impress his union and Scott Boris, not Scott Morris. And uh, you've got a bunch of new owners that that want to play. Look at John Sherman buys the Royals and immediately loses some money. Now, is anybody going to feel sorry for a t- guy that owns a billion dollars worth of baseball contracts? Probably not. I don't know. It's it's a sad deal, but while I moan and groan and try to get uh, some topic to discuss that's much more fun, let's take a quick break from the lighter side of baseball, the grumpy side of baseball, the dire side of baseball, any side of baseball will do. And uh, while we tip our hats to MLB Network for continuously talking about things that don't matter and speculation about how things are going to end, which all their speculation was pretty bad, and putting on an okay draft show, although, come on, did anybody really care other than the guys that got drafted and a few other souls? No. The sports bettors are fed up with no baseball. They apparently have switched to the trading floor at the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, and instead of going on DraftKings to try to win thousands of dollars, they've figured out that they can short the market and make a whole lot more money. So hats off to the sports bettors who don't have baseball to bet on. And oh, by the way, did any of those guys take a hit with the Houston Astros? I'd like to find out. Maybe we'll do a little digging. Probably not. But let's take a break from the lighter side of baseball. We'll be back. Jamie Retzke on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, I believe. Those are all still going on. And... Uh, they tell me that it's on my Facebook page, so whenever I can figure out how to get on my Facebook page, I'll check that out. But on the lighter side of baseball, you know, as we get close, and I hope we are, uh, we'll try to line up a few more guys. I did play golf with John Wathan and uh, Bobby Denier. I could talk a little bit about that. John told a lot of good George Brett stories, uh, some of which I can't say on the air, even on a podcast. So let's take a break. Here's some music. Uh, Tyler, let the music go a little longer because, you know, I am out of fun things to talk about. So for the lighter side of baseball, segment one, we'll be back in five minutes with uh, segment two to wrap up what has been like uh, watching paint dry in the world of Major League Baseball. Sorry, folks, it ain't my fault. All I can do is talk. And what's there to talk about? Korean baseball? I don't. That is bad. Double A at best. Maybe not that good. Jamie Rensky on the lighter side of baseball. And I miss food at the ballpark. I miss food everywhere. And I really miss my new seats at Wrigley. So we'll be back on the lighter side. Jamie Rescue. I hope you enjoyed the music. I did. That's great music. Music at the beginning is awesome. The middle, great. The end, pretty good. Yes, and all we have to do is thank our engineer, Tyler, on the production side of the lighter side of baseball. Thank you, Tyler. You're doing a great job. And again, thanks to all the fans that are just 
hungry for some baseball, hungry for the lineup exchange at home plate, hungry for what is going to be unveiled as the product of Major League Baseball. Will there be umpires behind home plate? Will a robot take the place of Joe West? Will the umpires all have to wear masks? Will there be allowed any double plays with a slide or are slides banned because that's not socially distancing? And forget the plays at home plate. Oh my God, you could spread coronavirus. And like I said, no chewing tobacco. So, you know, I guess that's one positive that's going to come out of this, although I don't think uh, A, chewing will stop nor will spitting stop because if you have tried to chew tobacco like I have, I did anything to break into the starting lineup of the 1969 Southern Methodist University Mustangs, coached by Robert E. Bob Finley, who threw the pass the only time SMU has gone to the Rose Bowl via the great touchdown pass by my coach, Robert E. Bob Finley, who also happened to be the best hitter on our team, but he couldn't play. He was quite old, but he was he could hit better than anybody else. We were so bad. We were so bad. I can't even remember our official record. I think out of the 80 games, we won six, seven, maybe eight. I don't know. It, it was so bad. I mean, not only did no, the, the, the fans that were there were so drunk. The SAEs were on the roof of their fraternity house, which had a great view towards Armstrong Stadium, which is what the field was called, although it really wasn't a stadium. It was just a, a field, which then became uh, a track uh, surface for when SMU decided to get rid of baseball and women's golf and some other things. They built a really state-of-the-art track because they were going to turn into a track dynasty, which led to uh, that being removed for the um, remodeling of Ownby Stadium, which was a little bitty football field, which became a bigger NCAA home of the SMU Mustangs. And, uh, you know, since the death penalty, they've been, I guess, the best they've done is a mediocre performance year in, year out. How much longer can they suffer under the death penalty? They've gone through, I think, every conference in America. They're looking to Australia to try to get into another conference. And, uh, you know, for those Mustangs out there, and I know there are a few of you, by God, keep the faith. The ponies are marching again. Uh, Not really. So what do we have to talk about? The draft, I thought, was pretty uninspiring Uh, now. I mean, the money, the first number one draft, I think, seven or eight million. Whew, that's pretty good little pop. And then uh, since they normally have 30 rounds, they, they narrowed it down to five. The guys didn't play in the spring much, so there wasn't much to look at. And uh, so what do they have? They've got guys who their scouting department's watched. And speaking of scouts, we're going to have to get Mike Soper on the phone. He was uh, one of the uh, big scouts for the Miami, Florida Marlins, whatever they're called. And Rolando Pino, who's a... Uh, co-director of international scouting for the Boston Red Sox, who I think lost a draft choice. And they gutted their organization. They got a few new guys. It's, I'm telling you, we need, we, we need real baseball because the rest of it is kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of sad. It's, it's sad that there isn't any, you know, 
excitement. There's nothing but mutual resentment from everybody. The fans are pissed. The players are pissed. The owners are. Everybody's kind of pissed. And you know, where's Anthony Fauci when we need him? He should be the commissioner. Uh, Manfred, boy, oh boy. You know, uh, I'm not going to get a job with Major League Baseball or any other team. So I'm just giving you my opinion. My opinion is he's bad. You don't go to the draft and say, I guarantee we're going to play. That's like you're in the middle of really bad negotiations and you just told the other side, screw you. We don't care what you do. We're playing. And uh, we've got a 48-game schedule, which is half what I played in college. Now, I didn't play, misspoke. That's half of what I watched in college. Because remember, I think if you listen to podcast one, the back in those days, in the fall of 1968, when I was a freshman and I made the team, which shows you how bad our team was just by me making the team, we played 20 games in the fall. And, uh, you know, you add that to the 80 games in the spring, and there's 100 games by the last time I checked my calculator. And so we played more for a pathetic college program division one we played texas we played texas a&m we played tcu speaking of tcu do you remember our interview with jeff newman and greg meyer both alums of the tcu baseball program greg meyer's gone on to be an nfl official and uh, jeff newman has done everything in his name in baseball i've had fun actually this year we have really had a good time talking to a lot of people and i'm going to get back to talking to some more people right now we've been going back and forth uh, to Wisconsin. We've been swatting flies, playing a little golf, uh, doing a lot of things like that. So we're going to get back to it. I mean, there's there's memorabilia to talk about. There's the Negro League Museum to talk about. Um, and uh, now that I've vented, now that I feel better, now that I've told you guys all the way what I feel, and uh, you know, you'll recall starting way back, I said, no me, no baseball. Uh, I've mellowed on that. Let's see the baseball. But f- really, They're going to play 48 games. That's one month of baseball and a few extra days. And then we're going to kick off the playoffs. And if you'll recall, I said this will get resolved because there's too much money that Fox ridiculously put up uh, to be distributed into the pockets of the major league owners. So hold on to your uh, hats, ladies and gentlemen, because like it or not, we're going to have something that, uh, man, oh, man, I mean, it's just – they're dug in with bad positions. They've dug in with uh, we don't like the pro rata deal for the owners. And they've dug in with the player saying we're not taking anything other than pro rata. In other words, we want our contract for every game we play. And, you know, that's where they're at. And so Manfred's left to say, please, I don't want to dictatorially implement the season so can we can you agree to 55 give me a little and tony clark's afraid of scott boris and what he'll say so am i giving boris too much credit i don't think so it's just bad you know and then you get to the point where the average salary is four million and who do you feel sorry for really who do you feel sorry for besides me and nothing to talk about on a podcast so i've gone for arguably well over a half an hour talking about um, a season in the brink, on the brink, with the brink. Eddie Brinkman, 
great baseball player way back when. I have a few pictures of the Brink. I probably have a bat signed by Eddie Brinkman when he was with some team that Nelly coached on. I miss Nelly. I mean, we would be talking about uh, lots of things from wine to golf to food, but we'd be shaking our heads, and Nelly's probably shaking his head up in heaven going, what in the world is going on? Now, is it the greed of the players or the owners, or is it the pandemic? You know, for the soft sell's sake, that would be alliteration. See, I was paying attention in my poetry class. For the soft sell sake, supposedly succotash, you know, I can't think of anything else with an S. For the sake of all of us, don't play and call it a concern for the health of the players and the staff that has to deal with it. Let's focus on next year. Let's get a vaccine. Let's go to spring training. Let's see a lot of stadiums. And then after next year, strike two. Yes, sirree. Is this strike one? Next year is going to be strike two. I feel it. I feel it, man. The definition of a revenue stream. Tell me, you guys get money from the video games. We want 50% of that. You guys get money from local TV. We want 50% of that. And you might as well give us 50% of the radio and 50% of whatever naming rights you got for the stadium prorated over the life of my contract. And that logo on the tarp, uh, Morton Salt logo, uh, whatever you get from each team for whatever it is that your logos are around the park, we want that. And then we want 50% of all merchandising sales that have MLB. I know we get part of that already by our early agreement. We want half of it, maybe more. It's us who entertain people, not you guys. Uh, you know, you're never going to see John Sherman go get a hit in Major League Baseball. So that's, uh, that's their thinking, and my thinking is more aligned with the owners. Sorry, some of you fans out there in my podcast would say, you know, typically I side with the owners, but not this time. The owners are really blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the deal. It's their risk. They have stepped into the risk with the virus they are trying, like insurance companies, to lay off the risk. Excess insurance, the same deal. And so how much can we reinsure this catastrophe with? So it's nothing more than trying to spread out the risk, and the players don't want to take it. They're idiots. They're making so much money, they ought to take what they can get and get on down the road. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. They're killing the golden goose, literally. They are. The players have, I mean, who wouldn't, for in exchange for six months of work, through on spring training, take $4 million a year and figure, okay, I'm only going to play five years, that on a bad day I can probably save 8 to $10 million. And then I get my uh, union pension. Hey, not bad. And so uh, all my health benefits for the rest of my life, I get my union pension, and uh, wow. I feel sorry for those guys. The, the, 
the conditions they're exposed to are horrendous. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough, especially you never know what kind of meal you're going to get in the clubhouse. It might be filet mignon one day, might be lasagna the next day. It might be a little, uh, uh, let's go with something healthy like salmon, <laughs> so they tell me. It's healthy? I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, is there anything? We need euchre. Euchre could be funny. I mean, he's always funny. There's nothing that comes out of Euchre's mouth that isn't funny other than when he's broadcasting baseball. And even when he's broadcasting baseball, he's funny and good and entertaining. And so I don't have anything funny to say about the state of affairs between baseball and its players other than, guys, let's figure it out. And if it's safe to play, play. Get to this goofy playoff. And then uh, let the fans decide if they like the product. Let the fans decide if uh, the TV ratings are good. Let the fans decide if Fox bumps up this uh, to 2 or $3 billion. And, uh, oh, by the way, what about the sponsors for Fox? I don't know. What's football going to do? Are you really going to have fans in the stands? Man, oh, man. I ain't going. I'm watching the game because I have a number of, what do they call those pre-existing problemas that uh, would not qualify me, mainly age and uh, some people tell me that I weigh in a little heavier than uh, Buster Douglas on his title defense. <laughs> oh my God, that was a great victory before the title defense when he was the challenger and uh, he... What a, what a fight. Man, oh man, oh man. Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Whew. That was an amazing comeback. So anyway, um, I have watched The Natural 17 times. I've watched Major League 17 times. I'm getting ready. to. I've been, I'm recording Brewster's Million. I'm looking forward to watching that tonight. And, uh, you know, I think I watched Sandlot. Oh, I know a good movie that nobody's watched. The Monty Stratton story. Ho, ho, ho. There is a movie that needs to be reviewed. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here for you. I'm going to review the Monty Stratton story. And for years, I've known about Stratton and his unfortunate demise from the major leagues. But if the movie is remotely accurate, it's a heartwarming, heart-tugging story. It's a three-drop-cry story because this guy grew up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, a washed-up scout found him out in the middle of nowhere and uh, took him from his farm in Texas, worked with him, and according to the movie anyway, got Monty into the major leagues. And so Monty was the pitcher of the year. He's great. And uh, goes home. His wife has a kid. Goes out to shoot a squirrel or something and trips and shoots his foot off. Well, you can imagine he wasn't very happy about the outcome from going to a 20-game winner to uh, not having a foot. But the story doesn't end there because he battled back, had a prosthetic device, and similar to uh, Jim Abbott, 
not as heartwarming as Abbott, but close. I mean, of course, it was back in the, in I don't know, the 20s or 30s, 40s maybe. But he made a comeback, pitched in an all-star game. It was kind of a, not a major league game, but he did, uh, did come back and pitch in the major leagues, I believe. We're going to have to go to the stats to figure that out for the next time. But he was played by none other than Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy's wife, or Monty's wife, was played by June Allison. And what a fine couple they made. What a fine movie it was. And what a sad, tragic outcome. He suffered from a result of tripping and falling with a loaded rifle. Mm, not a good combo. Probably wouldn't happen today in this day and age because most of the Glocks have safeties on them and you probably wouldn't trip and shoot yourself. Anyway, I digress. Second Amendment digression. I apologize. So here we go. We've got about a minute left before the sponsors tell us that we have to stop. And speaking of sponsors, I just want to tell you that Papakinos is coming along just fine. They're in the midst of a rapid construction project. And here's the question. Will Papakinos be making pizza before... The Royals take the mound at the K to play baseball in 2020. I don't know. It's going to be touch and go, nip and tuck. But I think, regardless, Papakinos will be flipping some pies here in a short time period and we'll be there to podcast. Oh, baby. That is going to be fun. And I've had fun tonight. I've missed everybody. I appreciate everybody's concern. No, uh, I don't have... Uh, tonsillitis. No, I'm not on a hiatus from the baseball podcasting world. I am simply waiting for some settlement. And when it became apparent that, man, it ain't going to be today, I decided to talk with you folks, and I am glad I did. So, for Jamie Uresky and the Lighter Side of Baseball, and I'll be joined by Craig Kashan next week. Craig's doing a little sailing, sailing. There's a little song for you. Um, he's doing a little trip to see some friends, relatives, and friends, Romans, and countrymen. Lend me your ear. You folks do lend me your ear. I appreciate it. I hope it's been moderately entertaining and not too depressing. But for our next podcast, maybe we'll have an agreement. Maybe we'll have something besides a dictatorial slant by Manfred on how we will play baseball. I guarantee it. You know... Bad to guarantee stuff like that. So for Jamie Uretsky and no Craig Kashan, uh, Craig being the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks, and oh my God, what's going to happen with the Bucks in the playoffs? Will there be local broadcasting? That's a question we'll have to answer when we have Craig. So, lighter side of baseball, we'll be back in a couple of days with more excitement. Jamie Uretsky on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and who knows where else. So, enjoy the rest of the day, be safe, and have a good time watching baseball on ESPN at 5 in the morning, live from Korea. It's bad baseball. God love you. Thank you, folks. Enjoy the music. Jamie Rutsky out. Mm-hmm.